everyone. Welcome to Midlife Gamers, the show about two guys in their 30s talking video games. Joining me on controller number two is my good buddy Ashton Strong. How are you today, my friend? I'm doing awesome. Thank you for asking. We did it. Episode number two. How's it make you feel? It feels good. Just showing up on like Spotify and listening to that myself on there. That's like surreal. Like, <laughs> isn't, it, isn't it cool? Like, yeah. Dreams are happening here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm happy we got this off the ground. I've, I mean, I've got a little bit of experience with a few episodes I did with my with my hockey podcast that I've got going. But this has been exciting just because it's been the two of us and we've been able to do everything ourselves and, and have full control of everything. Um, it's uh, It's been cool because, you know, yesterday I was able to take the time to get all of our social profiles up and uh, we're in the, in the process of getting a website set up. Um, so I will give a little bit more details about that and how people and get in touch with us and leave some feedback on the show or just get in touch with us in general about uh about what's going on in the gaming world on any of our social media pages um but i know last week uh at the end of our episode we ended the show with a little bit of a game we played a uh, two truths and a lie with ashton here he had a uh, he had two truths and one lie that he left us hanging on so we want to get an answer here on episode number two for everyone so ashton you want to go over those again yes so First truth, Final Fantasy XV is my favorite in the series. I love that game. It is a tale of you and your best friends going on a road trip to save the world, and it couldn't be better. It literally couldn't be better. Truth number two, I genuinely think Final Fantasy XIII is a good game. People give it a lot of slack, hate on it, unnecessary. it's a AAA game. And it's one of the few games on PS3 that went full HD. They really pushed the hardware, and I I appreciate it. My lie, I hate Final Fantasy VII Remake. It's an <laughs> all right game. It's good. I wouldn't give it more than a 7 out of 10, honestly. The hype, it's too hyped. It doesn't feel good to play. Dodge doesn't, it, it, it's got issues. I'm so, just gonna leave it that. So, so it wasn't worth the like seven year wait for it. No, <laughs> no, <it> was <wasn't>. it? <laughs> if anything, I just remember how angry it makes me, and like, I don't want to go into full spoiler cast, but they do stuff to the story that is like supposed to be metaphorical, but by changing the story met- metaphorically, it's what's the point? It's like you're having your cake and eating it too. You could just change the game and just change the game. You don't have to sniff your farts about it <laughs> that's that that's a good way of putting it i guess <laughs> no i i mean I, personally like i enjoy it so far but hey we we have our differences and that's what a lot of people are going to come to hear on the show is as much as ashton and i may love the same games we do have a difference in, in taste when it comes to to certain things and so that's going to come you up tell a story is important <laughs> I mean, I mean, I can't, I can't disagree there. I can't, I can't at all. So, but if everyone hasn't noticed yet, Ashton sounds a lot better on this episode. He's rocking a brand new microphone. Yeah, very crystal clear. Hey, everybody, I'm talking smooth jazz here. <laughs> you sounding a lot better. Um, so, uh, but I don't think a lot of people realize that you and I record um, in completely separate areas. Uh, I am yep. all the way on the western side of New York in Buffalo, and he is all the way on the eastern side in Albany. Um, I'm originally from the Albany area. We, you know, we kind of, in a sense, grew up together, and 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 that's how. 
our, uh, our, our gaming relationship came to be. So, um, but yeah, I just give a little more context as to, to our background. And so people understand like where we are. Um, but we got some news to dive into this weekend coming up, uh, July 12th, I think it is, is the Ubisoft forward conference where Ubisoft will be showing off their whole slew of new games that'll be coming out for both the current gen and the next gen systems. Uh, some games slated to be shown off are of course, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, um, uh, what is it? It's Watch Dogs. Watch What's Dogs the- Legion. Legion, that's what it is. That's you get what to it play is. as a grandma. Yep. Um, also on the docket is uh, uh, Rainbow Six Quarantine, uh, as well as uh, one that really shocked me was uh, uh, Beyond Good and Evil 2. That one was kind of a surprise to me, um, just because we haven't seen the first game since, what, the GameCube? Yeah. And yeah. they announced this, like, five years ago I yeah say. and and you know i thought it was just going to be like another one of those like half-life incidents where oh we're going to say this game's going to come but it's never going to come and then just rumors are going to spread like crazy about it so um I, I i mean i enjoyed the game back on gamecube it was fun um I, I only played it through once but i remember it being fun it was one of those games that i'd picked up as a rental and played it through um, i but- never played it and it was one of those games you just heard legends of. Like, yeah. This is a really good game. It just came out of nowhere. And you're like, it's got a pig in it. But what, what's, what, what's really funny here about uh, Ubisoft right now is, you know, if you look back on Ubisoft, like, y- you go and you ask people, like, who, who, if you ask somebody who is, you know, who are the big game developers out there, you're going to get name drops like EA and Activision. And, you know, you never used to consider Ubisoft as one of those, those, those teams. And, like, they're up there now. Like, they are, they are one of the top developers now. They've been pumping out some really good games. Um, you know, if you look back at their history, like, they kind of came out of nowhere. Originally, they, they developed games for the Atari um, that were really, like, they were, like, no name games most of them were released in canada um um but their kind of big breakout game was rayman that was that was the game that yeah, kind of put them yeah, on yeah. the map was rayman and really good game yeah and and i mean and it wasn't and it wasn't even until really later on when you know the rainbow six game started getting bigger and then eventually assassin's creed came out that ubisoft ended up becoming kind of another one of the titans in the gaming industry and is you know as as much as like you know people know the games that they have out now i still don't think people view them at a same level as like ea and activision and i think with this event uh, go ahead I was going to say, wish they should, because up until recently, they were the number one uh, in terms of profit and overall success in the world, period. Like, number, they make the most money. And only until recently did um, Cyber CD uh, Project Red, uh, the guys who make The Witcher, I think they go back and forth with them now. But up until then, it was Ubisoft for years is the number one game company. And and uh, and I gotta say, like it's it's well deserved. I mean, there's been very few Ubisoft games that I say I I don't like. I mean, granted, there's plenty that I haven't played, but most of the games that have been in the categories that I enjoy. I mean, I can't say that there's an Assassin's Creed game that I hate. Yeah, there's some that are better than others, but there's not one that I'm just like, oh man, I can't stand this game. I had to put the controller down. Like it sucks so badly. I can't I can't think of a Ubisoft game that made me do that. I mean, I'm not even big into like the tactical like shooters and stuff like that. And I still enjoyed playing like Rainbow Six Vegas. Never played it. Never, Never played, played any that one. of the Rainbow Six. No. <laughs> I played I played the old one on PC, and this was back like you know when. You know, 
PC games were few and far between. And like Rainbow Six was like the hot game. And it was before they ended up releasing it on the consoles. You know, it was on PC. And I remember playing that because it was like, oh, man, you know, this this awesome graphically detailed shooter it looks great. And it ended up being really hard, but I still played it. <laughs> but um, as far as like the, the, the conference goes this weekend, um, it's going to be streamed at noon Pacific. So that means anybody over here on the eastern side, it's going to be at 9 a.m. <laughs> so if you want to catch the, the conference, got to make sure you're up and, and ready for it. Um, the cool thing. Wait, that hold they, on. Oh, sorry. 9 a.m.? What is it? 9 a.m.? three ahead, ahead? If it's no, at noon? Oh, wait. That's right. It would be three for us. It would be three for us. That's yeah. right. That's right. All right. <laughs> I don't know why I was thinking we were three behind. Ugh. Oh. Well, anyways, um, some of the uh, some of the games that are going to be shown off that I'm like really really looking forward to is definitely Assassin's Creed Valhalla and Watch Dogs for sure. Um, I don't know if there was any for you that you were specifically stand out to you or uh, ones you're looking forward to or just the conference uh, as a whole. <laughs> I don't play like uh, Division or I don't really play a lot of Ubisoft games. Like I'm so far behind. I'm playing Assassin's Creed Revelations, which I did make some progress in since last podcast. Um, but like literally besides that, I don't play many of their games. But I am excited about Watch Dogs. The idea of just being like, hey, there's an NPC over there. I am now that NPC. Like that's a cool idea. Just in an open world setting, like uh, comparable to GTA or something. So it kind of reminds me of this old, old, old PC game that I was absolutely like addicted to. Um, I think I think IDOS put it out, um, but it was called Omicron: The Nomad Soul. Oh, I know it. It's David Cage's first game. Yeah. And like when that game, like it would go, you would go through points in the chapter and when you die, you would be reincarnated into another character that was, you know, there at the time. Um, so sometimes. it was sometimes. Yeah. Um, it, obviously back then they, they didn't have the, the, the ability to develop a game as in depth as what we're going to see in Watch Dogs, But, but still the, the concept of it was, was pretty neat. And I was actually kind of surprised we didn't see more games like that after that game came out. I think it had a, a few issues that definitely held it back from the mainstream view. It is like, a, it, was, it was long. <laughs> it was a really yeah, long. long game. Um, <laughs> I remember it was, the, it, I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, I remember the strategy guide was like a textbook. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I mean, it came out a decent chunk uh, ago, and it was kind of well-known, but it just never made it big. It did have a Dreamcast port. Yeah. I know that much. But, you know, David Cage... I think it'd be cool to see like a, I think it'd be cool to see like a, a remaster, even if some fans got their whole got a hold on it and like redid the PC version. That'd that, be kind of neat. To make that game good or like not good uh more enjoyable just the draw distance alone if you just <laughs> yeah. increase the draw distance that game would be amazing like yeah. one of the best games you ever played the controls probably need reworking too by modern standards but i know the draw distance was a huge hindrance on that game 
Yeah, I don't know. It was a fun game. That's 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 all I remember from playing it. Like it was ages ago, so I I don't remember specific details about the game. I just remember spending days on it. <laughs> I mean, I recently watched uh, a full LP of it. Uh, oh, really? Within a, yeah, like within a couple months. Um, super best friends, no longer together, but they put some good content out there. It's an enjoyable romp of three men going crazy. <laughs> That's fun. But yeah, no, um, w- one of the really cool things that they are going to be doing at this, uh, at this press conference here for any watchdogs fans out there, I keep calling it a press conference. It's not a press conference. It's going to be just another online digital event. Like the, uh, like the Sony event was showing off the, uh, showing off the games. It's not going to be Don't a big forget- event. Don't forget the first Xbox one that showed off Valhalla the first time. Well, yeah. I mean, what about it, though? Oh, no, I'm just saying don't forget. A lot of people tend to forget it never happened. It is, I mean, it's, I'm just saying that this this event here, like, I keep I keep referring to this event as, like, it being a you know an actual event like kind of like the actual press conferences when there's people attending and there's a big stage and everything like that and it's 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 not that (laughs) it's it's gonna be just like the sony one which honestly after what we got from the sony one i kind of prefer that format but anyways that's that's just me um the cool thing is that they are going to be doing with this press conference for anybody who does watch it um, you will be able to get a free PC copy of Watch Dogs 2. Sorry for any console people out there. It's going to be PC only, but still, I think that's really freaking cool that they're going to do that for anyone who watches. So I have the game on PS4 already, but I'm, I actually might be curious to see what it looks like on my PC and play around with it on my PC and download any possible mods or anything like that. So Only ever played the first one. I got it's pretty good. far into it. Yeah, it's it's good, man. There, it's a good game series, and and I think it's another one that you know you're going to see start to. Especially if this one especially takes off, um, you're going to see this one become just another big franchise like Assassin's Creed for them. So, I mean, I hope they don't. I hope they don't oversaturate it like they tried to do with Assassin's Creed. Um, no annual releases, please. Yeah, the the annual releases thing was kind of tough. I was I was happy when Assassin's Creed broke that up and, you know, kind of they changed up the format and they released those side scroller games, the Chronicles games. Mm-hmm. Um those were those were pretty cool and I am glad that they've taken their time in between like uh, Origins and Odyssey and and now Valhalla. Like there's there's been a 2-year break in between. So um which is which is nice. Um, and and I'm glad that you know once we moved into Origins, they they drastically changed up how the game was played. So, but yeah, um, that's pretty much it for the Ubisoft event this weekend. Um, definitely tune in if you want to get a free PC copy of Watch Dogs 2, and tune in if you just want to check out some awesome games that are going to be dropping. Um, I, I'm looking forward to a few of them, and I know a lot of other people are too. Um, Ashton, I know there was another event that you wanted to mention here. Uh, yes. Sadly enough, uh, EVO fully canceled this year. Uh, oh? they had to switch to an online only competition, which makes sense with what's going on with the world. And it was going to give a big uh, stage to some games that never really got a chance at regular EVO, like Skullgirls. But sadly enough, 
their CEO was found of doing some sexual misconduct and he was replaced and it just caused the whole thing to fall apart. And don't be scumbags out there. Uh, another one, huh? Yes. It's like, <laughs> I hope this has become a theme of our show where we talk about no. sexual harassment in the gaming we're gonna, industry. <laughs> we're going to find you out there. We're going to find you. We're going to name drop you. No, it's just it's it's really disheartening to hear all this stuff that's going on. I mean, I'm glad that it seems like that it, nobody's just brushing it under the carpet. It's like okay, we've identified it and get it out of here, you know. So yeah. I've been I've been I've been pretty happy about that. It doesn't it doesn't seem like it's been an issue where it's been you know dragging on. Um, uh, it's just but, sad to see how one person's misactions like completely messes over multiple uh, gaming communities out there. Just like in oh. one foul swoop. Oh, for sure, for sure. But who knows? This could be an opportunity for the birth of something else, something new, or something better. So, who knows? It's a, uh, it's definitely a rough time, uh, you know, from from the perspective of a gamer to to look at things like this happening in the industry. Um, but another thing that's kind of uh, rubbing people wrong, and some people are understanding of it, is. The now realization that we will be facing the $70 video game. Yes. Again. (laughs) Way Um, back when games used to be this price. And it almost destroyed the video game industry. So back then, yeah, I could see it being a problem. Now, not so much. I mean, it's... We are now, it's been, what, 15 years since we've seen an actual major price like, increase yes. for, for video what? games. Um, I think for what we are going to be getting, um, you know, for the amount of work it takes, I don't think a lot of people realize how much work it takes to make a video game. <laughs> how many countless hours, you know, programmers, developers, testers, and everything spend in those offices. I mean, they sleep there at times making these games. Maybe and that's not a good thing, though. No, no, it's not a great thing. But just for the fact is, is that it does happen. And that there are people who are putting in this type of work, and unfortunately, it, it costs a lot of money to make these games. So, um, I'm I'm okay with paying an extra ten dollars for my games. Um, what I'm not going to be okay with is if we see an increase in the whole. Oh, you're gonna get like three quarters of the game, and then the rest of it's going to be paid DLC. Oh, that's that's not going anywhere. They're gonna keep that. They're gonna up the price and keep that. Just overall, I know I, the a big the first game to really break that they were going to do this price for for no is NBA Two K Twenty One. They're like on next gen consoles, it's going to be seventy dollars. Those games are full of microtransactions, mm-hmm. full of it. They're not going to mm-hmm. take those out, <laughs> not one bit. I think my my whole thing is is like now. I don't know if this still happens or not, and I don't know if they put a stop to this, but certain developers would say would create the game, okay? And all the content would be available on the disc or available in the download, but a portion of it was locked behind the paywall. It wasn't a separate DLC. You didn't have to download it separately. It was already there and available on the disc, but it's locked behind a paywall to access it. Does that still happen? I don't. I haven't heard of that in a very long time. I feel like that was a last gen problem. PS3, Xbox 360, and 
justly so, that's a horrible thing to do, too. If oh, exactly. You, if it's already in my download, something that's going to take me two hours, one hour to download, I want to play it. I, I don't right. want a special key, period. I just want to play my game. Um, but I will say nah. this about the price thing, too, is I will give this. In terms of fl- inflation, games should already have been at this price for at least five so years. Mm-hmm, um, for sure. If you look at the exchange rate of what like Canadians pay for, they're paying like $80 a game. Like, yeah. It's yeah. kind of a factor of life, but maybe, I don't know. I don't need my games to look like they're real, though. If that's your excuse for making my games expensive graphically, I don't really care personally I don't, about that. I mean, I mean, I, I, me personally, I do love the graphics. I love it when games continue to look more and more and more real life or they just the detail is is so incredible. Like, you know, obviously a game like Ratchet and Clank isn't isn't doesn't look like real life, but the graphics to me are absolutely insane. They look incredible. It looks it looks like a Disney Pixar movie. Um, I am a fan of graphics. I like games that look better and, and everything like that. Um, I don't think that when you're interpreting cost that it's just graphics alone i mean you've got so many things that go into play with with making games and especially now with so many games that are coming out that are more story based um you know you've got to have good writers on hand you've got to good have good storyboard artists on hand like all of that all of that's required to make a really good game and you know the more and more that we see games kind of starting to match the entertainment level of television shows and movies you're going to need to spend more to get the quality people to do that work. And I, I, I get that point. My, my only argument for it is usually that's the focus from the get-go. And it makes sense on a business level. When you see mm-hmm. someone playing a game, you want them to be amazed and want to play that game. But usually other things suffer because of this. An example that some might not like, Last of Us 2. And it's a beautiful game. People don't like the story that much, though. So, uh, of course, that's objective or subjective. Yeah. But, you know, for me, I, if if graphics are, are should be the, the, the icing on the cake, it should be the thing that's like, we, did, we had this extra time to do this. I want mechanics to go further. I want, example, Ratchet and Clank again, the quick loading thing. I mm-hmm. love that. Just transitioning quickly to... Uh, preloaded or almost preloaded it feels like uh, Mm -hmm. scenarios like that's what I want my graphical power to go for I will pay for those kind of mechanics versus I could see every leaf on this tree kind of thing I mean yeah I I mean, I, I get where you're coming from. I guess, like, when I talk about graphics, I'm talking about, m- like, the, the visual standpoint overall, not just how the background looks or how the, the grass looks or anything like that. Because, in all honesty, if you really think about it, the graphical capabilities play into the mechanics. Because if you have, like, a, a character model that is it just, it looks insane and it's got, like, a lot of detail behind it, there's a lot more ability to throw mechanics behind that and make that person do more because it looks able to do those things 
So, I mean, not trying to knock down what you're saying or anything like that, because I totally get it. This is another area where you and I are kind of polar opposites on, on you know, what we prefer out of our games. I mean, granted, like, no, of course, I, I prefer a game that's, that's fun to play and, and looks great and everything like that. But at the same time, like, I'm honestly bothered by if I buy a game, like, if it looks like it's a PS3 game or a PS2 game. And, like, I, I honestly have a hard time getting into it. I know other people like you are different, but... That's just me. <laughs> this is why we do podcasts, everybody. Exactly. Exactly. We're on Spotify. Exactly. But the the seventy dollar video game um, has kind of brought up uh, a big problem um, as far as some of these games are still going to be released on current gen, and. The major issue was back when the PS3 and going to the PS4 and the Xbox 360 into the Xbox One is that when you bought a game for you know the the, the previous system, you didn't get it for free. Not at least not from everyone. You didn't get it for free on the next gen. So if you bought you know a copy of you know say Madden on or I think actually EA worked around this but I'm just using Madden as an example um, if you bought a copy of Madden on the PS3 and then all of a sudden two months later the PS4 is out you gotta buy another copy of Madden and so that caused kind of a, a big stink with gamers um, so right away both um, uh, Microsoft and Sony and pretty much the gaming industry was like look we're just gonna nix that we are gonna try and figure out a way so if you did buy it on the current gen you will be able to get it on the next gen at no extra cost, um, which I think is is great, but it has led to some problems a little bit. Um, basically, um, Microsoft is pushing out the rule right now that all game developers, no matter if you have a disc version or a downloaded version of a game on the Xbox One, it needs to be able to be downloaded for free on the Xbox Series X. And um, here comes the issue. What did hey. you just say? Physical <laughs> ones? Disc-based ones? Yes. So that's the that's the problem. And EA is, is in the mix of this problem right now. Um, it's known as the dual entitlement conflict. Um, basically, EA is saying that hey, yeah, if you download the game on your PS4, then you will be able to download the game on your PS5. But here's where the catch comes in. Both both, uh, companies are going to be releasing a digital version of their systems, meaning it's going to be a system without a disk drive. We talked about this on the first episode of the podcast. Yep, yep. So if you currently own a PlayStation 4 or an Xbox One, that both have a disk drive and you have a game on disk, but you happen to upgrade to an Xbox Series X or PlayStation 5 digital edition that does not have a disk drive, there is no way that you can upgrade from that disk version to a digital version on your digital-only console. EA is basic... Go ahead. I was going to say, I'm sure there's like stupid ways you could do it, like mail in your disk and we'll mail you back a code or something. But I mean, like, it, literally, I mean, 
that doesn't sound like a good idea. No, no. I mean, they're gonna try. They're gonna try and figure it out because EA is basically. They're not saying we're not gonna do it, but they're saying we don't know how to do it. Like we're trying to figure it out, and Microsoft is just pushing them to say, figure it out. So now I haven't heard from other developers or seen anything about other developers about like um what is uh, like what they're going to do regarding this um i haven't heard anything from say ubisoft or activision or anybody like that what they're going to do about this problem um i think that you know for a lot of people this isn't going to be an issue at all most people have their games already digitally they buy their games digitally um but there are there are a decent amount of people who have a good library on disc still and they do like having discs and so I don't know if this is another way to start slowly pushing everything more towards a digital format, um, but I uh, I hope they uh, I hope they find a way to figure it out because I don't want to see people getting screwed. Um, it's I mean, these, I don't... these are just growing pains from this because I feel yeah. like the the next gen after this may not even have a disc at that point. Right, that's like seven years out. Right. They might not even bother. So I mean, I mean, I was, I mean, to be honest, I was kind of shocked that they, that they even came out with this gen with disc drives just because like, I mean, I enjoy watching like 4k Blu-rays, but I'm still just like downloading the, the 4k HDR version off of Amazon or, or Google movies or, exactly. or, or, or whatever. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Right. Like 100%. it's, it's, it's very rare that I'm still throwing in a disc in to watch a movie or I'm going to the store and dropping 30 bucks on a disc. It's like, why have you seen <laughs> anime Blu-ray costs? Some of them are 50 bucks uh, for yeah. like a movie. Like, let's yeah. be real. So like, I mean, the, for, for me and from my perspective, like the demand for physical media is just, it's, it's way down, you know? Um, so, I don't know. Like, like I said, it's it it's a small problem, but I I do see a little bit of a little bit of backlash. Nothing major. I mean, um, me personally, if I have a physical thing, it's because it only came out on physical, or it's like an importing thing, or yep. For for in case of Blu-rays, like literally because I just want to own it in case anything ever happens, and that's one anime series I have. Just it. That's it. Couple Blu-rays. It's yeah. uh, we're moving past it. It sucks. Yeah. I hope they do figure it out too, because yeah, yeah, me too. Well, also applaud to Microsoft for being like, you going to make sure we're not ripping off gamers. I'm just going to give that. To yeah, them because I mean, yeah, like honestly, like like Microsoft is making power moves right now. They are. They're they are. you know as I'm. Uh, like I'm, I guess as I've stated on the first episode, I, I'm I'm a PlayStation guy, but I'm not I'm, I'm not an Xbox hater. I own an Xbox. I like my Xbox, um, but definitely what they're doing with this is is a very very proactive stance to protect the gamers, um, and uh, and I like it a lot. You know, it's a, it's definitely a power move from Microsoft, and uh, another power move they got uh, they got going here is. There are reports heading out that they possibly could be acquiring WB Games. Which would be amazing. You think so? Would put, I, I think they would put a lot of money behind it because I feel like Microsoft lacks exclusives or studios to produce exclusives. In, in the sense of licensing, too. Like, who knows what that comes with? Like mm-hmm. Arkham, the Arkham games, they were made yep. by WB Games. So was yep. the Lord of the Rings, uh, Shadow of Mordor. Great. 
great game series. Shadow War yep. and stuff. Love, love those games. They're amazing. Yep. Um, yeah. If they if they bought them and was like, we have an exclusive Batman game, I'm I would buy an Xbox for that. You got you bring me the games. I'll I'll buy your system. That sounds like a smart move. No, I mean, like, I I don't know how I feel about this one. Um, just because with them purchasing WB games, it means there's going to be a lot of IPs that could become exclusive to Xbox. Um, one of them mainly being the Arkham series. If we're going to get another Arkham game, I mean, it's it's hard to believe. There, that we there is rumors that the next game that Rocksteady is working on is a Suicide Squad game. So. Oh. Oh. Yeah, just that's out there on the internet. Is it true? I don't know. I hope it is because that I know they've been working on another uh, comic book license game outside of Batman. Gotcha. No, I mean that'd be cool, but again, you know my my fear is, and and I guess it's not really a big time fear. I guess this is more of my PlayStation fanboy coming out in me, but. It's just, you know, I, I'm I'm used to playing all those Batman games on my PlayStation, and um, the other game series would be any of the Lego games that involve any of the WB licensed characters. Um, so I That's don't know true. how they're gonna I don't know how they're gonna approach that one because, as we know, the Lego games are I mean they they're released on everything. It's so, true. So I don't know how they're going to approach that, especially when they make further Lego Batman games or DC villains or, or anything like that. Um, it, it does seem like there has been a slowing of the Lego games coming out, um, which I guess isn't necessarily a bad thing. The, they're fun they have, games. Didn't they have like a Lego universe or something where you can mix and match? Like they had Marvel uh, they, and... They, they they did they had a, they had a Lego universe thing it was supposed to, which was supposed to be kind of like a competitor to like kind of like Skylanders and um uh, what was the other thing the 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 Disney one the the Disney Infinity that's what it was yeah yeah, yeah. um where basically like you you bought these little kits and you built the figures and then you place them on a platform and then you be able to play as them in the game it was cool but unfortunately like they they cut it like they cut the servers for it it's done like uh, it was it was sad because there was actually some really cool stuff like you. Could actually get lego sonic and play sonic legos as, or sonic levels as lego sonic that was really fun um that does sound fun yeah no it was it was cool like some of the characters that they came out with for for that were awesome um but uh but yeah I, so i don't know i don't know how i feel about it you know obviously you know i have an xbox so if, if that's the case then you know i still have access to play the games but it's just i think you know you're gonna have a lot of a lot of PlayStation people who are going to be kind of sour about it. Um, on top of that, too, if it is going to be a Microsoft exclusive, will Microsoft put it on PC? Um, as a PlayStation person, like literally, if I, I want PlayStation tattooed on me at, at some point, in my life, <laughs> I want them to have better exclusives. I want competition between them. I want people to. Because outside of exclusive, games are just everywhere. Like, in each studio, each company only has 20 good exclusives at most. Yeah. I mean, I as a person who didn't get a lot out of their Xbox One, because of that lack of exclusives, I'm more like, go for it, guys. Do it. Make me want to play your stuff once again. I like, guess we're... 
I guess where my hope behind that would be for them to either bring in an indie studio and build them up or go with studios they already own and create their own new IP instead of buying another game studio and trying to build off of that game studio's IPs and saying, oh, this is ours. I mean, that's fair. Uh, but you know, that's that that's that i mean i mean whatever i mean they got they got billions of dollars they can do whatever they want you know it's <laughs> i have i have no say in it and i'll probably still play the games it's just it's me being nitpicky so <laughs> i mean we got spider-man that's all i'm saying we got oh have no we no spider-man trust me trust me like i mean from <laughs> The games that I saw during the Sony event, I was just absolutely blown away by. And, like, I've gone back. Like, I didn't watch the Microsoft event, but I've gone back and I've watched, like, replays on YouTube and watched, like, trailers and stuff like that. And, like, I'm I'm not underwhelmed, but I'm not overwhelmed. But when I watched the Sony one, like, my jaw dropped. So, <laughs> oh. So yeah, I don't know. I guess I I get what you're saying with both companies having exclusives. You know, it's I guess you know, Microsoft is definitely in need of some. So I mean, if they have to go and buy them, I guess that's <laughs> the way they have to go about doing yeah. it. Um, you know, but it, having an exclusive is can be a really really important thing for your console. Um, it can also kind of backfire on you sometimes. Um, we're kind of seeing that right now with The Last of Us um yeah the, it's pretty shitty of the gaming community to do this but the voice actress for uh abby laura bailey mm-hmm. was attacked on twitter with various death threats and threats to her being because they didn't like <laughs> the character she played <sighs> why why they're not it's, real. I don't know if no, you know this. These are fictional no, characters, internet. No. Calm down. Like I think, like I, think that, I think this is even worse than the Rose Tico thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's horrible. Like, it, no. Like, I think people, from everything I've seen, she does a fine fine enough job. I mean, she's playing mm-hmm. character. She, she it, There's clips where I'm like, yeah, okay, I get it. And it's like, there's no reason to uh, go after her. Well, it's like, like I mean, this 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 person didn't get as much as much hate as what you're talking about. But the girl who does the uh, the voice for Claire in Resident Evil Two, the new Resident Evil Two, there, yeah. Um, apparently, since they they changed the way Claire looked before the game was released, they gave her a more like rounder face, made her look a yeah. lot younger, and everything like mm-hmm. that. Um, she got backlash because it didn't look like Claire and didn't sound like Claire. And I'm like, really, people? Like, stop! <laughs> like, first off, yeah. we haven't heard Claire's voice since what? The Dark Side Chronicles of Resident Evil. <laughs> so... I've never even played that. <laughs> the only Resident Evil love remakes too. I, I love remake one, two, three is a good idea. I guess they tried. Um, but I love RE, and that I didn't even know that. That's shitty. That's yeah, a shitty I, thing to do. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I mean, it. I don't think it was as bad as what you're referencing with. Uh, there, I don't think there were death threats, but I think it was just like basically, you know, you're not clear and all this crap. So, but, but no. I mean, it's uh, it's shitty. It's really shitty that it's happening in the gaming industry, and but it's kind of the the way things are going right now with people, unfortunately. So yeah. Hopefully, hopefully gamers stand up and 
get this out of here because we don't need it. We don't need it. We don't need it at all. Like I said before on the last podcast, you know, video games are supposed to be an escape for people who are dealing with abuse and harassment and everything like that. It's not supposed to be a community that they're supposed to come into and feel the same fear that they're feeling, you know, in their own lives. So um, I'm I'm really hoping this this isn't a continued trend in this in this industry. So, but people just need to grow up. Gaming yeah. needs to grow up. It does. It does. I mean, like, there's definitely. You know, I mean, I respect gaming as a whole, but there is definitely a disconnect between the communities. Um, you know, it's and I can't I, like I've said before, like I'm not I'm not big into the multiplayer online shooting. Like I don't play Fortnite. I don't play Apex Legends or anything. I have played them, but I don't play them you know, religious religiously like some of these people do. And, you know, as much as those games are cool, I do think that those games did kind of help spread these really negative communities and um like i said i don't want to put the games at fall i think it's the people who are playing the games of course um yeah they get too into them they they they, they do they separate from reality they, they, they do. attach themselves to these they people do. who don't aren't real and as as much as as much as like i said you know video games are supposed to be an escape and sometimes you can you know get out of reality get immersed in what you're playing and it 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 doesn't mean you shut off what's happening in real life so yeah i uh, i hope that that side of of things with the gaming industry definitely gets gets cleaned up cuz we just we don't need it anymore it's it's unfortunate that it's happened so but um but Moving on into some other news happening here with the gaming industry, um, Ashton, you were telling me about something going on with loot boxes. Yes. Yeah, so uh, sometime earlier this week, uh, the UK actually uh, met and considered loot boxes uh, games of chance, i.e. gambling. And because of this ruling, if they wanted to make uh, essentially changes, like if they want to just turn off loot boxes, they are in all rights capable to do that today. When they announced it, they were able to just because of how they uh, just the simple considering of that they're games of chance. Uh, and mm. I, don't I mean, know how I, you feel I, about loot boxes? I mean, I've I'm, I've never really gotten into too many games that that utilize them. So I don't know. Like I, I'm I'm still a big proponent of paying your upfront money, getting your game, getting everything that has to do with the game, and then maybe a couple paid DLCs on the side. I'm yeah. I'm not the I'm not the biggest fan of this whole like dropping, you know, two dollars every time I go to play my game to get something, or five dollars every time I play my game to get something. I'm just I'm not I'm not a fan of it and, and I kind of I kind of get where they're coming from considering it, it you know, gambling and stuff because I mean essentially it, it's they do. They do. And essentially that's kind of what it is so but i don't know like what's your personal take on it though i mean i don't like the if 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 you gave me a box and it was like here for five dollars it could be this really fancy gun or a a tank right and i just get the fancy gun yeah five dollars i got a gun but like how do I get the tank outside of that? There isn't a way normally. Like when you're stuck with loot boxes, that's it. That's how you get your stuff out of it. So it's like these pits 
of like keep going, keep going until you get the thing you want. That's not yeah. a good habit to have. No. That is, you are being <laughs> just the worst person with your money as a whole. Just like, yep. Because like that—that's the draw of what they are to to the. Hey, maybe you could get this thing, you know. And that's gambling. Simple. Period. Like mm-hmm. they, it's shitty. I want to when I if there's DLC, I'll buy it. I'll buy it separately. Yeah. Don't have it day one. Have it down the road, you know. Right, um, right. I that and I, and I I like that a lot better. I like that when you know a company will come out with a DLC like you know six months later or a year later, not the whole oh you know buy the season pass and it's here you know or whatever. Like I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a fan of any of that. I, I liked it. You know, in, I liked it back in the PC days. And you go and you buy the game, and then you go back to the store and you could buy the expansion pack for half the price of what the original yeah. game was. You know, Another thing, I, PC modding scene. So why why pay for stuff at that point when right. you could, there's the community is already doing that stuff. That's a part of what gaming is on half of the sphere. But yeah, no, I like I. I I totally get it there with the the PC side of things because I mean that's all I would probably do was just find a mod. Like, why am I going to spend money yeah. when I can just go find a mod? You know. <laughs> I mean, games have been born out of that too. Like Dota, yeah. that that was a mod. Everybody, oh. I'm an old person. You don't know this, kids. Yeah. But well, I mean, I don't think. I, I, <laughs> well, I mean, there. I think there's quite a few games that that got fan remakes which inspired the studios to eventually you know go after it and make it themselves i mean look at resident evil 2 resident evil 2 got a got a a nice fan retouch and and they even did it in um the the first person perspective too so you could play a first person mode if you wanted to like there was there's a fan remake out there on pc of resident evil 2 that's awesome It's, it's great um and that's kind of what inspired uh, them, you know, Capcom to say, hey, now, granted, you can't just go anywhere and download this other version of Resident Evil 2. You got to look for mm-hmm. it a little bit through torrents and stuff like that because Capcom basically sent them a nice cease and desist letter. <laughs> so, mean, yeah, I <laughs> but there's other other companies who went the other way with it, like uh, mm-hmm. Sega and Sonic. Yep. Sonic has a huge online fan community that just makes yeah. tons of stuff for it. And one yep. day they're like, hey, the best of you make sonic mania yep. and it's one of the best sonic games that's ever existed yep so i, I love mean, sonic i love sonic mania it's fun these are all aspects that are free and then on the other side of this you have the actual industry the dev the publishers and all this pushing these maybe i'll give you something transactions mm-hmm. and you know i want to go back to the old days yeah. i'll buy stuff after the fact if it's good but yeah don't nickel and dime me, bro. Yep. I don't know. I've, I mean, I've just gotten to a point now with certain games. I either just wait for the, you know, legendary or game of the year edition or whatever that comes with everything all in one package, you know. I mean, obviously now, you know, with us doing the show and everything, I'm going to be getting more games brand new. But it's uh, it's just certain games I'm, I am I can't like. Or at least I'll, I may buy the game new and then maybe down the road if the dlc seems worth it to me i'll, I'll grab it but i'm not going to be mm-hmm. someone who's who's going to be going after a game because oh there's this amazing dlc that's attached to it mm-hmm. so uh the the main core should always be in the game itself right right exactly i mean it was just like um when i was playing assassin's creed unity now granted like you know the the way it was marketed and sold was during the times when you know it, it was horrible there was like you know you gotta 
buy seven different packs from Ubisoft to to get everything you want for the thing. But they um they released uh it was called Dead Kings and it was an expansion pack for Unity and but it wasn't it didn't come out right when Unity came out. They dropped it like like almost a year after I think. It came out okay. like short I think it came out shortly before Syndicate came out. And so, and it's cool. I mean, it was only two bucks to download. It was two bucks and you ended up getting two extra missions and a whole new gun to carry around. And I mean, it was, it, it was neat to me. That was worth it. You know, I got to enjoy the actual full game. Like you could have never released that DLC and I would have been happy with unity, but mm-hmm. you gave me, you gave me something extra at a fair cost later on. I got my fill of the game already and you just gave me something extra on top of it as an option. You didn't force feed me at the beginning That's of when true. the game came out or make me feel like i need to buy this additional thing to get the full game experience and that's that's the big issue that i that i take with how games are marketed these days because it's like oh yeah no like the game's here but if you want the full experience you gotta buy the 70 dollar version you know so Mm. that's 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 my issue with it but i don't know i'm it's not gonna stop me from playing games. Like that's, no, no, that's for sure. Never. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna be an old man and playing games. Yeah. We're we're midlife now. I'm gonna be old life. Old life gamer. <laughs> I'll be on a farm. I was I was It'll gonna say, nice. like I, I think it's funny that the, the tagline for our, our show is like, you know, two dudes in their thirties talking about video games like what happens when we hit forty? <laughs> I mean you know, you're still midlife. You can We're still science, still still you know? we just we just we just we just changed the subtitle of the show to two dudes in their forties. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You don't know how long we're gonna live, internet. Calm down. Exactly. Exactly. I'll live forever in video games. <laughs> That's true. I've had so many lives. I've done so many things. You know, I, <laughs> dragons. Ha! That's like my brunch. <laughs> I slayed five this morning. <laughs> I'm on the deity level, just being like, "Why are we doing this? I don't know how we got here." Okay. Life is just going to become Fallout. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speaking of. Uh, I don't know if you heard the news. Amazon picked up Fallout to actually be made into a show for Prime Service. Oh, another video game TV show in the works, huh? Yeah. That's cool. You know what? If they put the money behind it, there's a lot of good, cool lore in Fallout. There is some weird stuff. There's a, a man who turned into a tree. That happened. It happens throughout the franchise as a whole. It's just a one character from. All right. Sorry about that, everyone. We uh, we apparently got a little too cocky there talking about how we're gonna live forever in video games, and the uh, the internet told us to shut up. So we had a little little technical snafu there. We're uh, we're back now. So uh, Ashton, you were uh, you were talking about the new Fallout show that's going to be coming to Amazon, yes. correct? Yes. Yes, I was. I was going into a bit of what they could do with the lore um, as a whole. It's a uh, Fallout happens because there's a resource war between America and China, and you could use a bunch of that stuff. You could use anything. There's giant monsters. There's there's all types of there's aliens technically, and uh, from what I hear, the show will be directed by Todd Howard himself. Oh, he makes video games, not 
you know, TV shows. So, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of interesting. I don't know because there's there's been no other like movies or shows or anything like that where they've actually brought on the 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 creative team behind the game or the source material to actually be any part of the production of a movie. Yeah. So this would be would be kind of cool to see that. I mean, honestly, I mean, after you know, I'm, I'm as I said in the first episode, you know, I'm watching Man in the High Castle right now, and and just based off of like how that is, it doesn't surprise me that Amazon would pick up a franchise like Fallout and and make a show out of it. It seems like Amazon's really kind of going off the cuff with their shows. Um, you know. Yeah. Uh, Hulu and Netflix, they, I mean, they're, they're doing a little a mix of everything, but it's just, it's, Amazon seems to be really kind of going out there with, with the shows, and, and, and I, I think that's really cool. I mean, like I said, The Man on the High Castle is really unique. Fallout would definitely be a unique show. Um, what's the other one that they've got now that's, that's, that I've heard is really good? Um, it's got, it's the got, boys? David, well, The Boys is awesome. The, yeah, The Boys okay. is awesome. But no, it's the one with, uh, with David Tennant. And um, oh, oh, good omens. Yes, good omens. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So it's like when I first saw the preview for that, I'm like, this is a very weird, obscure show. And it seems like it seems like Amazon is picking up a few more shows that are that are like that. So hey, if it's working for them, then then why not? You know? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And speaking of Fallout, Steam sales over, sadly enough. Oh. But I was able to pick up New Vegas Ultimate Edition for like ten bucks. I plan on playing this, playing that uh, this week. Wasn't that considered like one of the buggiest fallouts? Yeah, but it's also like the best one. Really? Oh yeah. Oh, comparison. I, I mean, I've, I'm more? to be honest with you, I kind of stopped halfway through three. It didn't. It didn't hook me like it's hooked other people. <sighs> I mean, three's good. It's got you know its own quirks, but comparatively, it's uh, New Vegas is just uh, built upon three. Yep. Um, and compared to four, I think they made it too streamlined, too uh, focused on the gunplay itself instead of the weird, wacky RPG stuff you could do. Mm-hmm. So it's like this middle ground where easily the best one in my opinion. Uh, like <laughs> Fallout was another one where. You know, unfortunately, this is this is me being kind of picky with games where the the graphics got to me. Like, I don't know. I don't I don't like I'm not a big fan of like the whole ragdoll physics when you kill people. And so it was I don't know. They just never it never stood out to me. And I just couldn't get into the game. I had a hard time really getting into it. Like, I remember when Fallout 3 first came out, it was it was hyped like crazy and everybody loved yeah. it. And I just I couldn't get into it. I couldn't. I tried and it just wasn't my cup of tea. So it was oblivion with guns. As they were marketing, <laughs> yeah, basically, basically, and I mean, I, I I played Oblivion like crazy, so that's why I figured I would have really enjoyed Fallout, but I don't know, it just didn't didn't catch me. So, what you, has been catching you in your week this week? In my week this week, just as far yeah. as like what I've done since our last episode or what I'm playing. Yeah. Oh, what yeah. I've done. I've been busy with this podcast, my friend. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah. That's true. No, no, That's true. Um, no honestly, I've, uh, you know, 
been trying to actually keep up on a lot of what's going to be going going on here in the fall with the the releases like i really want to know like what what games are coming out from what studios um i've actually been really a little bit more invested in indie games um just because what you can see from indie developers lately has been really impressive so i'm uh i'm really i'm really curious to see and and i'm I'm from both systems too because it does seem like um you know originally playstation used to market their indie developers like crazy and now it does seem like microsoft is doing that a little bit more so um, i'm kind of curious who's going to be pushing the indie development when you know the consoles do eventually release uh in the during the holiday season um but uh but yeah man no just uh this uh this whole week has been working getting this podcast off the ground and and getting things going here and um but uh i am excited though because i pre-ordered uh ghost of tsushima so i'm excited for that one so um we will definitely be talking about that game extensively on an upcoming episode so i'm looking forward to that um but as far as any like playing or gaming that i might be doing right now i I actually jumped back into Mortal Kombat. I downloaded the uh, the, the Aftermath pack. Okay. okay. <laughs> I didn't um, know this. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just I, because I beat Assassin's Creed, and then I went back through, and I was gonna jump uh, and sh- jump into The Last of Us, but kind of decided against it, knowing that I'm gonna be playing Ghost of Tsushima soon. Um, so I just wanted to play something that I knew wasn't going to take too much time away from both between just life and the podcast and everything else. So I jumped into, uh, into Mortal Kombat again, downloaded the aftermath pack and I'm sorry, it is absolutely incredible to do, um, some of the matches you can do now with, with the characters that are there, like, like Robocop <laughs> and, into Terminator. and I was exactly going to say that. <laughs> so I was waiting to see if you're going to call out which, which matchup I was talking about. <laughs> like, I- like, there's <laughs> even like an in-game quote where like one of them's like have we done this before well I yeah there, yes no <laughs> yes so it's it's really funny because like they programmed um uh, robocop to have like a little like saying for like almost every single character that he interacts with in, in the game and it's it's awesome the same thing with the terminator too like it, it, it's awesome so that one's been fun um i actually never rolled through the the story mode on that i always just played either you know against my girlfriend or when i have friends mm-hmm. over or i'll play like just the towers like classic mortal Kombat. um so i finally like started the story mode and i'm like holy crap like this is cool <laughs> yeah so uh, the fighting the story modes in all of nether realms games both injustice in the latest trilogy of mortal Kombat. i love the so, injustice <laughs> so focused on that 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 cinema of it the drama yeah. of it it has literally kept fighting games like in the yep. mainstream yep. and they kept kept it alive for years too there's yep. been plenty of lulls in fighting game history well, it's funny because, like, aside from, you know, me playing Mortal Kombat, I decided to just, I was just got on this little fighting game kick. I threw in, you know, Dragon Ball Fighter Z for a little bit, messed around in that, um, and, uh... Never got into it. No? Did you... No. Did, did you, Are you surprised by this? Because I am. I, I mean, I am. Did you, like, did you not like it, or did you just not, like, play it? I just never played it. I just was like, I'll wait until it's a little cheaper, wait till more characters come out. Well, it's dirt cheap and, now. <laughs> and now I'm like, 
I can't play that. Everyone will just wipe the floor with me. No. Well, yeah. It's still it's it's still a fun game. Uh, it's still a really good game. I I think it's I think it's a bit too in depth for a fighting game. Straight up, like there's. I don't know, there's like this whole mini game, mini RPG aspect to it as well, um, which mm-hmm. is cool. But I don't know when I'm playing my DBZ games, it's like either give me an RPG game or give me a fighting game. Like I don't, I'm not a big fan of this whole, um, you know, these little tiny mini games just to build up to get to the next fight that's gonna last three minutes. Mm-hmm. So, um, but uh, what was the other one? Was, oh yeah, I, I also uh, installed Soul Calibur Six because I hadn't played that yet. I just want to see what that game was like. That it's, I like it, but I'm like a classic Soul Calibur guy. Like Soul Calibur One and Two and even Three are like you know those are my jam. And it as much as it's like okay, it's still Soul Calibur. It doesn't feel the same. I like, haven't touched a Soul Calibur since Four. Since Four. Yes. Yeah. Which one was the one that had like? Yoda for Xbox and Darth Vader for PlayStation. I think those were two. Was that two? Okay. I think it was two. I could be wrong. All right. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I've just been on a been on a little bit of a of a fighting game kick just to just to pass the time in between. Um, I had also finished the expansion pack for Assassin's Creed Unity. There, um, it's called Dead Kings. Um, it basically is just a couple missions that take place right after right after the main story and you get some cool stuff but other than that like that's pretty much it man you got anything else besides fallout you've been playing um not really not anything new overall what about the trucker game (laughs) oh i forgot i played american truck simulator and it was the worst time of my life it's so good it's a good game (laughs) But you, I, you sounded like you were having fun with it when you were playing it. <laughs> it's just, you know, trucking's hard. I, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, my dad did it for about almost, God, 40 years. So, <laughs> yeah. Right. I'm sure it was hard. Yeah. Just like that game. Um, um, are you grabbing Ghost of Tsushima? Yes, I will be. Good. Uh, Good. So, next every- Friday. Awesome. So, all of our listeners will get a perspective from both of us on the game. I'm looking forward to it. Like I'm, I'm really. I love Sucker Punch. I mean, I love them too. I mean, the Sly games are really good. Infamous, real good. Yeah. Have I told? Mwah, Second Son, eh, it's good, but I much rather have had a three with with Cole. Yeah, with Cole. yeah. I'm curious if they'll ever explore that again. It'd be cool if they can find a way, because obviously Infamous is the good guy, bad guy playthrough. Right. It'd be cool if you could incorporate both characters, like you pick your character and then you pick the path they would go, and then the opposite would be your adversary throughout. You that could really—that's cool. like four playthroughs you could do. Yeah, yeah. One, one <laughs> I, I remember playing the first Infamous and that that crazy twist. Like it's like, wait a minute, the bad guy is me from the future. <laughs> Yeah, and it was tight. It was. It was so hype. You're like, I'm gonna beat this dude. I'm gonna beat me. Wait. How does time work? No, I could. I mean, I my jaw dropped with that first time, and I love the the like comic book panel cutscenes. Yeah, yes. those those were awesome. That was a added really, a lot of character. It did. It did. I mean the. 
you know, uh, if if you look at it, I mean, it was another open world game, but they put a lot into it that kind of made it stand apart from from other similar games at the time. I mean, you mean like uh, prototype? <laughs> well, I mean, proto. I didn't prototype come out after Infamous. It wasn't it, like Proto wasn't like Activision's like, wait, we got to make a game that's exactly like Infamous. Yeah. <laughs> but we got to make it rated M because people like blood and gore. <laughs> I mean, don't, oh. like, honest, I mean, honestly, I, I liked Prototype. I, liked I also Prototype. liked Prototype. I, I thought they were both good games. I mean, uh, initially when they came out with Prototype and I saw what it was, I'm like, oh, this is this is kind of an infamous clone, isn't it? Mm-hmm. But even the but... story, the story in that was was crazy unique, too. So it they was. They do play different enough where you're like, you could get different. One was kind of more like a third person shooter, the other one was more like a beat em up in a way. Yeah, I, I, I can respect that because it's definitely. I mean, are you saying like Infamous was more like a third person shooter? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, most of the time you're running around playing Infamous, you're like shooting lightning bolts and stuff out of hand. And, you know, you, you, you take on the uncharted, you know, over the shoulder perspective. Mm hmm. So, but uh, bring it back, Sony. Right, please. That'd be really nice. I'd It'd be nice if there's some Easter eggs and Ghost. That yeah. would be cool. That would be cool. But I, I don't know because I mean, isn't Ghost supposed to be based off of like true events? I do not know. I thought it was. I thought I have not looked that deeply into it. I knew Sucker Punch made it, and after I saw the like 14 minute gameplay thing, I was like, yeah, I can do this. I can, I can be a ninja. Yeah. No, I'm I'm almost positive. Yeah, okay. Ghost of Tsushima is based on the first Mongol invasion of Japan in, in 1274. In the real invasion, the Mongols' path took them first to Tsushima Island, located between Korea and the Japanese mainland. Rather than being a stand-in for an actual person, person like Kublai Khan, Jin is essentially a stand-in for 1274's Kamikaze. So, oh. so yeah, it's based we, off real events. We learned something today. Yeah, look at still, that. You can still... Uh, I mean, you could, you could find. I mean, especially since they're not like saying it is directly this person, so they could find yeah. a way to stick and stick an Easter egg in there. So that would be that'd be kind of cool. So, but no, it's uh, it's looking like we're finally gonna start to see all the games that have been hyped up for the last year start to finally come out. So I'm I'm pretty excited about that. I mean, I've been really looking forward to this one. I mean, Ghost has been been on my docket for a while now ever since i saw the initial screener it was like god i think it was a year ago when i saw the initial little trailer they showed there mm-hmm. so i um i've been i've been stoked for that one although i confused myself i did not realize at first that it was a sucker punch game i thought that it was um a from software game believe it or not huh. i i don't know why i thought that considering because i mean didn't from software make sakura Yes, they did. Yeah, so it's like I'm like, why would they make two like samurai type games? So Sakura, by the way, another great game, another great game. If you haven't played it, so <laughs> haven't played it. Are you come a, at me, uh, internet? Yeah, I was gonna say, are you a, a guy who strayed away from the From Software games? No. Yes. <laughs> so like, I like Soul like Souls likes. Yeah. Um, I like challenge. I like when games are fair but challenging. I when something goes wrong, I know it's because I did something. Yeah. And like I like I love Bloodborne. Love. Yeah. Yeah. Like it is so just my aesthetic. It's like Cthulhu esque. I love it. Oh, Dark yeah. Souls. 
Not really. I did play Demon Souls. It was janky, but I never got into Dark Souls myself. So, so my first Dark Souls was Dark Souls Two. Well, Dark Souls Two. I can't speak. Um, that was that was my first one. Um, I had a hard time with it for sure. Uh, I definitely had to look at some internet guides on how to get through some things because you know there's it's there's no map to look at. There's nobody telling mm-hmm. you what to do. There's no cutscenes no. in between that are giving you anything. It's basically like here's yeah. your character. Here's this massive world where there's t- twists and turns, and you can get to different places eighteen different ways. But everything I mean, wants to kill you. <laughs> everything, and it's like you know the. the difficulty behind everything is nuts i mean even just the first few enemies you you face in the game are nuts um the 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 big difference between playing like souls and bloodborne is bloodborne was definitely a more offensive base game it was it was yeah fast like i mean it was i mean and and i don't want to say it was like devil may cry because it wasn't like devil may cry at all but you it was it tried to keep a speed going through Mm -hmm. it was more of a tactic and parry attack and parry whereas dark souls is just you gotta defend 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 and wait for that opening and take your hit and then defend i mean yeah that that's essentially what you are so um no i uh i love the souls games they're great um i actually like i was so excited when i saw that they were going to be bringing out a a demon souls remake for the ps5 i'm very excited about that i will play through that yeah i will Yep. So I've, 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 like the last one game somewhere was called Code Vein, which was like a weave Dark Souls. It was really easy though because they give you like an AR AI partner the entire time. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a few other ones. There's like Reverent of Hell, which is supposed to be really good. Um, have you ever played Salt and Sanctuary? No, but I know of it because it's like the 2D Dark Souls. It, that's that's pretty much exactly what it is. What's awesome about it is that it's multiplayer. You can play it, Yes, you can play a co-op with somebody else. That's that's a lot of fun. Um, the thing is, is you need to be playing with somebody who has the gaming skill level of playing a Souls game. That's fair. So <laughs> that's the only downfall to it. You can't just be like, oh, you know, anybody who's a casual gamer here, play this game. No, no, it's not going to work. Not going to work for either one of you. <laughs> so, but it is it is a really really cool game. The the art style is fantastic. I mean, they they did a really really good job of, of capturing that um that whole how the souls games feel into like a 2d i don't want to say kiddish but it's like a very it's got a very youthful style to a gothic youthful style is what i can say to it um but the uh you know actually i forgot to mention um the other game that i've been playing is a side scroller it's a platformer um that looked like it could have run on the super nintendo Uh, it's a game called blasphemous oh yes i know what blasphemous is it's it's hardcore it's very hardcore (laughs) it's insanely hardcore i don't understand what's happening in the game at all (laughs) it is the spanish inquisition game 
it is, is is that what it's supposed to be? <laughs> no, because it's a lot of religious like stuff, and it's scary. Just it, it is. I mean, there's lots of dudes with like weird face masks and cone heads, and yeah. I don't know. It's very, I don't know. They they use they use swords in very phallic ways. It's, it's yeah. but it's a pretty brutal game. It reminds me a lot of like Castlevania. Okay. Um, I, uh, I, I would. I would. I mean, honestly, I would say it's like Castlevania crosses over into like a Dark Souls type realm. Okay. Um, but dark, it's great. It's, um, dark. Uh, not dark. Dead cells. Dead cells is kind of like that. Where's the? It goes with like the symphony. Symphony of the night kind of mm-hmm. aesthetic. Where yeah. it's this side scrolling up down mazy pass. Yep. you go through yep and that that's essentially what this is i mean it's it's a lot like that so i love roguelikes but that's no, a good one i think you can get it on the ps store for like 10 bucks right now so it's not a not a bad buy it's a hard game i'll tell you that it's really hard i mean it's it's right up there with playing a souls game too so i can but, handle hard but yeah so i mean i think that's pretty much it for all the gaming stuff i know we'll have a lot to talk about once the uh the press conference actually drops and we get to see a little bit more from ubisoft and the games coming out and we'll be able mm-hmm. to talk about that a little bit more on on the next episode um <clears throat> i know that we got ghost of shizima coming out next week but that won't be until friday so we'll uh We'll probably have a try and have a follow up the following week after that about that game, if not, you know, a couple weeks after. But we will definitely get some feedback out there very, very soon for everyone to get their get our opinion out there on the game and how we feel about it. So I uh, I know I'm excited for it. I'm it's like there's other games I want to play really badly right now, but it's like I'm so afraid to dive into anything story based, knowing that I've got that game coming next week. <laughs> No, it's it's understandable. I I know I'm gonna dive in as quickly and as fervently as possible because I have a large backlog of games. Yeah, so do I. I mean, I was looking through my. I went to my actual library on my on my PlayStation, and just going through all the games, I was like, "Wow, <laughs> it's nuts." So, but eh, that's why we love the games, right? Yeah. So take them on. I'm gonna beat them all. <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe I don't. I don't know about all of them. There's a couple in there that I might have some tough time with. <laughs> I wish I could, but yep. it is what it is. But no, I got a. Uh, I got the next few days off here, so I'm gonna plan on jamming out some games and getting caught up on on some more shows. I'm uh, mm-hmm. I'm almost done with the Man in the High Castle now, so got to figure out what to watch next after that. Um, do you watch anything cool? I uh, finished Gundam, the original nice. show. Um, it ends in a rush. Like the major characters are introduced in like the last ten episodes, and, and that's it. They're gone. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like there's one character that's just very important, and they introduce the concept of new types, which are the space psychics, essentially. Um. But like they introduce that quick and like let's go they're they're psychics now that's it it's kind of hinted at in the beginning but like no one says no one says psychic until like well after halfway through. Uh, um, huh. So I picked up the next one in the timeline. Uh, 
Warm, warm the pocket. Gundam 0080, Warm the pocket. It's a OVA series, so it's only six episodes, and it's the the premise is the war is viewed through the eyes of a child. So, like, they just know that there's giant robots, and it's cool, but, like, they know nothing of the war, nothing of the conflict, until it happens in their colony. Huh. And it's just, like, this one kid's just getting involved with the bad kind of people, um, making, changing the war, essentially. It's Hmm. really good. I'm halfway through it. Um, it's really well animated. Like, the era of anime that I miss. It's oh, so God. good. <laughs> and, oh, and, it's and, so the, good. And, and the funny thing is, is I know exactly what era you're referring to. So. <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's, you, they don't have that. It was all hand-drawn yeah. and the level yep. of just the line work. No, it, you know, it's it, it, it's funny that you mentioned that because I, uh, I actually was just showing uh, Katie, my girlfriend, um, a video the other day. Do you remember when, I don't know who it was, it was it was some anime studio or it was some anime artist or something, he did a Star Wars one. Uh, and there was very little oh, dialogue. Yes. There was very little I dialogue. Really, I know what you're yeah, about. it was. The, it was the uh, the the Tie Fighter Ooh, one. Yeah. Yes, like it's that. So good. It is. It's, it is. I'm like. I'm like. Why can't we get this as a show? <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> like Disney, would, come on. Because <laughs> it would bankrupt them. That, there's a reason they don't make anime like that anymore. It's expensive. Yeah. No. For sure. I mean, you could tell. Like every single frame, hand drawn with such detail. Like it was incredible. I, I've probably watched that video so many times, but, but yeah, um, uh, I know, uh, hang on a second, dude, mm-hmm. cause I want to dive into, into Tron three. Okay. Yeah. I love Tron. All right, here we go. So I know uh, some other big news that's been kind of floating around the entertainment world, and we actually may have gotten some possible confirmation, is Tron 3. Say what? Yes, sir. Tron 3. Um, now, I know it was originally rumored to they were working on it with Jared Leto, but uh, with the last article Ooh. that I read, yeah, the last article that I read, that it didn't mention his name at all. His, his name was last brought into the mix like back in 2017. Um, but it was just like, Hey, he may be a part of this project. It wasn't anything confirmed. And then the latest news, his name isn't mentioned at all. Um, The only thing, the only thing that they do say is that this is most likely going to be made for Disney plus. Oh, like a, like a movie for Disney plus either a movie or a mini series. So I'd I'd, 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 I'd be cool with either or, I mean, I know, I mean, of course, you know, the, the, I'm sorry, you can't hate the original Tron. <laughs> you can't. You can't hate the original no, Tron. I mean, you, you can. It's a but... grandpa. It's a grandpa movie. <laughs> Leave it alone. Leave grandpa alone. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Just let him rock in his chair till it's over. <laughs> no, but I was a but, huge fan of Legacy. Legacy I was great. Legacy. Legacy was great, and I think Le- Legacy was like one of the first movies there where you got to see them really mess with the whole, hey, we're going to take an old dude and make him look like his young self again. Yeah. Now, now, if you go back and you watch Tron Legacy now, you can be like, okay, that's kind of janky. It's a little bit. He's just a little, a little bit. <laughs> but, but I mean, like, I, I, I think, honestly, that was one of the first movies to really start 
start doing that and now we've seen them use it extensively in the marvel movies and then they used and then they used it in star wars and then they just used it in the um that will smith movie that came out what was that called um omega no no the uh, yeah, like, yeah. Where it's like he's, he's it's like his his younger self. Yeah, has like sent to like assassinate him or something, you know. So like when I first saw the trailers for that, I was like, holy crap! Like they've really, really, really done something with that. So, but um, but yeah, no. Tron, Tron will be awesome to see again. I mean, I there, I love all that old stuff. There was a CGI like tv show that came out after legacy where it was voiced by one of the hobbit dudes um he has that show with the dog you know what i'm talking about one of the hobbit dudes show with the dog oh are you talking about elijah wood Elijah Wood, yes. Yeah. He voiced like the main character of the <laughs> CGI show. You might have the Hobbit around. dudes. He only he only played Frodo. <laughs> no, no, this is staying in. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is good content. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Frodo, Frodo Baggins. Oh, you know, only only the main character of the recent <laughs> Look. I forgot his name. Oh, I almost said I mean, that guy out of like Sin City that killed all those women, but you know I didn't. <laughs> I'm sure. We were oh. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Um, but he voiced like the main character of the CGI Tron show, and it was really, really, really good. It was never it, got what, a second season. Was was that a Disney XD show? Yes. Yes, it was. See, see, that's the thing. Like, I, I'm a fan of a lot of the Disney shows that have come out that are tied into their movie franchises. Okay. Like, I, I, I just finished Rebels and I just finished Resistance. They were both fantastic. And I've, when I was working today, I threw um, the Clone Wars back on just from the beginning again, just kind of have it on in the background because mm-hmm. it's been a while since I've actually watched the Clone Wars, but. I mean, everything that Dave Filoni has gotten his hands on as far as the Star Wars franchise is concerned has been gold. Absolute gold. I mean, he has a part in The Mandalorian as well. Like, I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the second season of The Mandalorian. But the animated stuff that he has been behind with Disney has been fantastic. I mean, and even some of the other shows that I've watched with my kids on Disney are like, The wow, Avengers, is... The Guardian yeah. Show, yep. Ancient of Smash, like all the... I was really stuff. <laughs> speaking of Avengers. There, I was really, really upset though that they canceled Earth Earth's Mighty, Mightiest Heroes. That was like one of the best Avengers cartoons that they had on. Disney. Oh, the one before the this main set of ones. Yes, yes, yes. So yes. that was real good. They go into some storylines where you're like, I wish they did movies about this. I mean, th- like, they were going, they were going into the Secret Wars <laughs> with it, yeah. Secret Invasion. That's what they were doing with that series. And I'm like, this is awesome. We've never seen this in the cartoons before. There was so. Red There was Graviton. There was. They were doing stuff where you like, I don't even know these characters. No, and I mean, like, I know, and it's like I know the animation was a little bit more on the on the kiddie side, but uh, I'm sorry, like the stories were fantastic. I don't care about the like this whole idea that cartoons are for kids. If you're telling a a a narrative and it's good, cool. Well, that's same with like exactly Airbender or whatever. Airbender is one of the best cartoons that's ever existed. Oh, oh, oh. 
Oh, oh. Oh. And I, I, I didn't even know this either. Avatar: Last Airbender, Dave mm-hmm. Filoni. Oh, I didn't that's know a, that. That's a Dave Filoni show too, dude. Yeah, that's that's why Disney brought him on to do all the stuff that he does. <laughs> what? Yeah, or not Disney what? Cartoon Network. That's what Cartoon Network brought him on to do. Clone Wars was yeah, because him and them and them and Lucasfilm brought him on to do that because of the success behind Avatar. Well, good, because Avatar <laughs> was like the first cartoon where it was aimed at just anyone. Anyone could mm-hmm. be like, yo, this is a good story. Let's go. See, I wrote off Avatar. I wrote off Avatar when it first came out because it, it seemed like it was coming out at the time anime was reaching a peak height in like popularity. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it just seemed like, okay, you know, Nickelodeon and Disney are just trying to cash in on the popularity behind anime by making, you know, Asian-centered cartoons. Mm-hmm. So, and that's that's why I wrote it off. I'm like, I'm not going to watch this. this. This is an anime ripoff made by Nickelodeon, you know? And that's why I never watched it. And then eventually you know as i got older and just ended up having episodes coming on through like my kids watching tv and so i'm like wow this is actually a really good show so then i yeah. finally sat down and, and watched a bunch of it through and um i still have to watch i think the it's last Netflix. season i know it is yeah so okay. it's 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 one that i like to watch with the kids so okay that's but. a good show mm-hmm. good yep well i'm excited but um but yeah with uh with the animation here, there's unfortunately some some sad news to pass along. Um, the current voice actor for Frieza in Dragon Ball Super. Um, let me get his name here again. Whoops. Uh-oh, Google. Yep, yep, Google, Google. Google, Google. Get out of here with your stuff. Dare you be helpful. Yeah, Christopher Ayers. Christopher Ayers. He does the voice for Frieza on Dragon Ball Super. Um, unfortunately, the dude has fallen on some hard times. He had to have a lung transplant. Um, it's cost him a whole bunch of money. He hasn't been able to return to work or do anything like that. So he's exhausted everything. He's exhausted his savings. He's exhausted every penny that he has right now. And he's just trying to get himself back on his feet after going through this surgery. So. He set up a little GoFundMe. Um, I will try and post the link up on to all of our social media pages so if people want to shoot over there and try and help the guy out a little bit. I know voice actors aren't the highest paid people in the world, especially for shows that, you know, they may be popular, but they're not they're not to the point where these people are making like Hollywood actor money. So most voice actors in the industry are kind of just regular Joes like you and me. So um, if anybody wants to shoot over there and, and help him out, I'm sure that'd be greatly appreciated. You need, but you need to send Frieza your energy. Yeah, <laughs> we're tired of this. No more Goku. Let him send to his battle form. Let's go. It's like all the energy for the spirit bomb. We're just gonna take that back. We're just gonna take that back. <laughs> like Goku, take you it back. That <laughs> Goku, you have. Blue hair now. Get out of here, Goku. <laughs> but, but yeah, man. So, any other news from the entertainment industry from your side? Um, I did. Uh, it's not relatively new, but I did catch up to a certain point on Doctor Who. I finished all the Peter Capaldi stuff. I still need and to watch I, that. I still I uh, watched the couple episodes of the female doctor um i know 
that next season will be her last season, apparently, so she's only going to get two seasons done. For what reason, I don't know. I know a lot of people don't like how the lore ended up at the end of the season. I'm not there. I'm not going to speak on it. Yeah, I was. I, I saw a little trailer for like an like an upcoming like special or something that they're doing, and I was very confused by what's gone on the show. And like I said, I've I haven't really watched since Matt Smith, so I'm I'm going to be a bit lost in it anyways. I love, but I love Matt Smith. I and do too. <laughs> here's the thing about Peter. He's no Matt Smith. He is a grumpy man. You don't yep. really like him at first. He, but he's he's more of like a father figure for humanity uh, with his set of Doctor Who, and okay. I loved it. He's like my favorite. Like at first, I was like, oh, he's so he's too mean, and now I'm like, oh, you're so kind. You're so nice. Oh God, <laughs> just crying. <laughs> It's 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 really good. He, yeah. he has a wonderful storyline. Like bless. Him. I can't, I can't wait to start it again. I think I'm going to probably go back like maybe a few episodes back into the Matt Smith series just so I can see the regeneration again instead of just mm-hmm. jumping right into, you know, jumping right into Peter Capaldi, but I don't know. It's it's one that I need to sit down and, and watch with my girlfriend too. I know she's intrigued to watch it. So, lots of shows, lots of games, lots of shows on the list. So, I will just say this: they continue River Song in her story too. And oh my god, oh my god, the tears! I was oh, really? a faucet. I was a faucet. <laughs> <laughs> I could not stop crying. I was like, this is so romantic. I don't know. I I think my my most teary-eyed moment from Doctor Who was probably David Tennant and the I don't want to go. <laughs> I mean, that's sad. But, like, um, whoever the showrunner, Matt, not Matt Smith. Oh, my God. Uh, I forget his name, but he's the main showrunner for basically new Who all the way up to current current doctor before current doctor and he really put a lot of everything into it and yep. it shows all the doctors have their own quirks and their own little chunks of story that just work with themselves and it's great i love doctor who well that's, that's, that's the way it's supposed to be with doctor who you know yes so all right man well i'm thinking this will probably be a good point to sign off here but before we go it's my week for my two truths and a lie. What are they? What's <laughs> it about? What is it? Oh, oh I, think, I think this one might be a little tricky for both you and for anyone listening, possibly. So, number one. I have never beaten any version of Final Fantasy VII. Not, not a single one. Number two. I once padded my trophy numbers by playing a kid's name. A kid's game. And number three, at an EB Games, back when Electronics Boutique was around, and they had the little, like, playable PlayStation consoles, I once broke a controller because I lost a match of Tekken against another kid. Damn. <laughs> Which one's the lie? <laughs> I guess we'll have to find out. Come back, Internet. There's more excitement here. Yes, yes. I'll let everyone know at the beginning of the very next episode what my lie was. But in the meantime, if anyone wants to go ahead and maybe take a guess on one of our social media pages, we are now active on everything. We are up on Facebook. You can find us at the Midlife Gamers on Facebook. You can also find us at Twitter 
at MLG Podcast. And we're also on Instagram at The Midlife Gamers. So uh, you can also reach out to us by email. We have an email account where you can reach us. You can talk to both me and Ashton. Uh, the, email ad- the email address is theguys at themidlifegamers.com. So we'd love to hear any feedback from any listeners, any suggestions, advice, anything. We want to hear from you guys. We want to know what we can do to make our show better for you, for us, for everyone, because that's what we're here to do. We're here to put on a good show. Um, and I'm honestly, you know, I know we're only two episodes in, but I'm really excited about this. This is This has been super fun so far. And and I want to keep it going. Um, but in the meantime, uh, if anybody else wants to possibly game with me, you can find me on both PlayStation Network and on Xbox Live at Rise of Defiance, all one word. Um, Ashton, do you want to throw out your gamer tags and stuff there for anyone? It's Atlas the Strong on most platforms. On PSN is the with DA. And that's it. That's, I'm literally everywhere with that tag, one way or another. Um, Ashton and I will both be hitting Twitch soon, so you'll be able to see some game streaming from the both of us. Um, we're both going to be rolling on the same account. Um, uh, Ashton, that was MLG Podcast as well, right? Yes, it is. Okay. So, yeah, so basically everything on our accounts is either the Midlife Gamers or Twitter and Twitch are going to be MLG Podcast where you can find us. But Ash and I will both be streaming some of our gameplay, interacting with you guys. And, yeah, we're, we're really looking forward to keep growing this podcast. It's, it's an exciting time for us. And, and hopefully we can keep growing our listener base here. And, and hopefully anyone who is already current listening keeps listening. Make sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts so you can get notifications from us and when new episodes go up. Because if you subscribe, it'll automatically let you know when a new episode from your favorite two guys here about the Midlife Gamers is going to go up. So, yeah, man, if you got anything else to say, um, I think we're going to say goodbye here. Uh, no, really excited about the Twitch thing myself. I would love to share my games gaming with everybody. Um, Who knows the future of it, but hey, I'm excited. What's the line? What's the line? It's a good one, isn't it? (laughs) I gave you a good one. (laughs) You will find out. No, honestly, like I know that we're we're getting this episode up kind of quick after our first episode drop, but we wanted to do this um, uh, before the Ubisoft uh, conference there, um, and then we will definitely have a follow up episodes right afterwards. Um, Pretty much expect this show to come out on on a weekly basis. So um, every now and again. We may have we may have to pop in for a little short recap or or something of any news that may have happened, but expect this to mostly come out on a weekly basis. And um, but yeah, definitely uh, anyone who wants to reach out to us, please feel free to. We'd love to hear from you. But other than that, look forward to the next episode. Good night, everyone. Pew 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 pew. Goodbye, everyone.